Good morning. I have been uh, asking you these last couple weeks, where have you seen the gospel this past week? Where, where did you hear it and, and where did you see it? And, and where have you seen this, this story of, of the good news? Now, we realize that the good, that's what gospel means is, is good news and, and uh, that we live in a world that's full of bad news and, and fake news. We live in a world of a lot of false gospel. There's a lot of things that those around us believe that that just aren't true, but they're things that they're looking to to kind of find the, the answer to what's broken, to fix the brokenness that exists in their, in their lives. And we said there's a difference between a gospel and the gospel. Okay, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of gospels out there that people are believing to be the good news. They believe it's going to fix what's broken in their life and in their relationships and in the world around them. But there is only one good news, the good news of Jesus Christ that really brings about the sort of redemption and, and restoration and hope that, that we're talking about. And, and as you continue to think about that, I, I continue to, to want to challenge you. Brian mentioned a great movie to me uh, this morning, a new movie that just came out, 13 Lives. And I'm not going to give you the, uh, the, the what he told me. Uh, if you want to watch the movie and look for the gospel theme uh, in there, please, uh, please do that. But he had a, he had a great, uh, great reminder of seeing the, how God brings us from death to life uh, in that particular, particular movie. But, but I actually had a chance to see a gospel yesterday morning. I, I walked out of my house and was greeted by a parade. And now the parade wasn't for me. I know what you're thinking. Uh, they, I was being welcomed to the neighborhood by all of my, my adoring neighbors that were so happy. That, that was not the case uh, whatsoever. As a matter of fact, it took me a while to figure out what was kind of happening. Uh, there was probably about 40 people uh, marching through the streets of my neighborhood, uh, beating drums, and they were going from, from house to house. And, and I actually I, I asked permission to take a picture of what was happening, and I wanted to share the, the picture with you guys as well. But this is out in front of my house, out in front of my, not my house, around the corner from my house. They didn't come to my house, because I, I didn't rate high enough to, uh, to have this visit. But uh, these are some folks who live in my neighborhood, but also people who drove from three and four hours away. Some drove from St. Louis to be there. Some drove from Indianapolis to be there. And I was, I was, it was so curious. I'm like, what is the celebration that's, that's going on here? And they said, no, a goddess is visiting us. I'm like, oh, all right. This is interesting. So I kept asking more questions. So, so, so tell me more. They said, yeah, the goddess came up from Bowling Green, Kentucky yesterday. All right, very good. I didn't know that was the progression of goddesses, but apparently it was. This, this goddess was visiting from a village in India that a lot of my neighbors are from. Uh, a lot of my neighbors are from this village in India, and this goddess was visiting. And if you look, the man in the blue shirt in the middle, he has kind of the umbrella uh, above him. Uh, what he is holding was what I learned was the goddess they were talking about. Uh, it was. It almost looked like one of those Barbie dolls that had the, kind of the crochet uh, dresses on it, and it was being carried around. And homes had been prepared to receive the goddess. Uh, homes in my neighborhood had beautiful ornamental flower displays, kind of going down the sidewalks, and there was a red carpet being rolled out at this particular house, and it was an incredibly joyous celebratory. Uh, opportunity, and I began to, oh, so, so what's going to happen now? And they said, well, you know, the goddess brings blessings to the people in the homes. I said, well, what kind of blessings are we talking about here? Because I, I didn't know if I wanted to get in on the action as well, too. And, and they said, you know, 
it was interesting. A lot of them weren't really sure what kind of blessings were coming. They just knew that blessings were coming. Uh, but some other people were like, well, you know, <clears throat> the, the general kind of things that you want in your life. Like, well, well what do you mean? You know, like, you know, to, for your plans to be blessed or, or for you to have, you know, good, good stuff or, or a good future or, or those kind of blessings. And as I stood there and kind of watched for a while, I thought, they're believing a gospel that this, this, this goddess that they've brought with them is going to bring blessings to the family that receive her. And this was a huge deal. I, I was even asking, I said, how, long, how often does this happen? Is this a couple times a year or when does this happen? They said, no, this is, this is a once every one or two year sort of event that people had come all the way to my neighborhood to experience and to be a part of. And I thought, there's, there's, that, there's that gospel that they're believing, that we know the world's not the way that it's supposed to be, and how do we, how do we fix that? And, and their belief was in this goddess who had visited from their village in India was going to bring about the sort of hope that they were looking for for the life that they had. And I remember thinking, I am, I am so grateful that we have gathered today to worship the God who doesn't need to be carried around. We worship the God who doesn't live in houses made by human hands. And the God who is all present. The God who didn't need to be driven away in a Honda Odyssey to the very next location for them to be. But it revealed so much to us about the things that we see in Scripture. It reveals so much to us about the blessings, especially the spiritual blessings that you and I receive through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the gospel of Jesus Christ brings real, lasting, eternal, spiritual blessings to our lives. Not just healthy and wealth and, and better plans for this life, but true spiritual blessings for us. Last week, we talked about the gospel really at street level. We talked about the gospel as it relates to you and I as believers, that, that it was God's plan from the very beginning. He is the hero of the story. And that it's our sin that we come to recognize and see our need for Him. And what God does is through Christ, He, res he restores us to Himself and we have the responsibility to respond to this good news when we hear and when we believe. This is the good news. But today I want us to take a step back and look at kind of the big picture of the gospel from Ephesians chapter 1. So last week we were in Ephesians chapter 2, kind of at street level. I want to go back to Ephesians 1 and look at verses 3 through 14. If you want to open your Bibles there to Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, that's where, that's where we're going to be today. And in this, I'm going to tell you exactly where we're going to go. Uh, in this passage, what I want us to see is that God's spiritual blessings are intentional, transformational, and irrefutable. I, could, I, worked, all week, uh, I worked all week on an alliteration. I just couldn't make it happen. Uh, I'm, I am going to take the retool, reconnect, refresh. That's, that's it's genius right there. But, but in this passage, I want us to see that the spiritual blessings that come to us from the gospel are intentional, transformation, and irrefutable. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to look at this passage, but I want you just for the next couple of minutes just to listen to it. 
Keep the Bible open on your lap or on your app as I look around and see the glow of your faces from your app. Keep it open there. We're going to refer to it. But I want you just to listen to the beauty and the majesty of these words. This, this section, verses 3 through 14, is one long sentence for Paul. This is one long, beautiful response of praise about the spiritual blessings that God has, has given us through Christ. And I just want you to listen to them because I'm going to be reading them to you out of the New Living Translation. And I know for some of you that might be a new translation or a different translation that you're used to, but I want you to hear them this way because I believe if you're going to communicate these spiritual truths to your friends and neighbors who might be new or not yet believers, this is the language that I would encourage you to use. This is the, uh, this is the theology as a second language, your TSL type time to figure out how do I explain this to those around me who don't have a vocabulary that maybe those of us who have grown up around Scripture have. So just listen as I read this beautiful beginning of blessing and praise. We know Paul's letters always typically started the same way. Uh, there was a, an introduction and, and a blessing. Here is the blessing that he gave the Ephesian believers. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. From God, for he chose us in advance and makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Amen. That is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It opens with a picture of spiritual blessings, all of the spiritual blessings that God has given us in Christ. Some of your translations use the blessed three times. Blessed is God. 
Blessed are, are we are the blessings we've received all in verse 3. This passage is all about an encouragement and a celebration of God's blessings. The, the tone that the uh, original readers, those believers in Ephesians would have had, would have had been so much encouragement to be reminded of what they have received through the blessings of Christ. So what are they? Well, in that first section, actually in this whole passage, we even see an incredible picture of the Trinity. We see a picture of the fullness of God displayed in these blessings. That first section, verses 4-6, through six, really talk about being chosen by the Father, that intentionality that we were mentioning. Verses 7, maybe down to 12, show how it was the Son who brought about redemption for us, that we were redeemed by the Son. And then that last section, verses 13 through 14, really give us a picture of what the Holy Spirit's work is in our salvation. So it's an incredible passage of praise and spiritual blessings that God has poured out on us. It shows the fullness of who God is in the Father's plan and Christ's work and the work of the Spirit in our lives as well too. It is all about the spiritual blessings that you and I receive as followers of Christ, as, as those who have heard and responded to the good news of what we've received. So first of all, let's look at what we mean by intentional. And look at the words that Paul has chosen to use here in verses 4 through 6. The idea of chosen. The idea of, in verse 5, uh, of being adopted. And especially your favorite word is, is, the, uh, is predestined in verse 5. I know for a lot of people that either makes your heart race or gives you a sense of heartburn because you're trying to figure out how do we understand what it means by predestined? What are the implications of that? And honestly, I really believe for Paul and the Ephesians, they would have not understood the controversies that have come ever since then from this passage. They would have heard this as an overall affirmation and encouragement of God's wonderful plan for their lives. They wouldn't have necessarily seen it as being very controversial. But what we want to see is that this is a demonstration that God does not act without purpose. God is not reckless in what he does. He is deliberate and intentional in his gift of these spiritual blessings for us. That for the, for the original hearer to know that this was God's plan from the beginning. This wasn't a secondary plan B when things didn't go right the first time. This was always his intentional plan to choose us in Christ, bring predestined, deciding in advance to adopt us into his family for his praise and glory. That's good news. And that, that tells us about the very character of God. We should not look at a passage like this and think that there's an implication that God chose some in order to condemn others as if that God was some sort of fatalistic, impersonal force, but rather a loving and gracious God who acts with sovereign intentionality. When we hear the words adopted into the family, chosen and deciding into advance, it points to his sovereign intentionality. One pastor teacher has said it like this, God is not treating us like puppets. All who have come to Christ are here on purpose. Nobody accidentally comes to Christ. It is a beautiful picture of the loving, 
gracious, intentional heart of God. This wasn't a secondary, later, haphazard kind of plan. This was the beautiful gift of a God who chose and predestined and adopted us into his family. Our God acts with intentionality. He is the sovereign ruler and creator of all things. There are no accidents. And if you are here, then you are here because God wants you to be here. We should never look at a passage like this and question whether or not God chose us. Because if you are here and you are listening to this scripture, you know God is calling you to himself. Because that is the spiritual blessings that he's made available to us in the gospel. So, so more than, than this intentional picture of the Father that we, we see here, we see the amazing transformation that comes to us through Jesus Christ. I hope you noticed that as we read through. I hope you noticed how many times over and over again we have in verse 3, with Christ. In verse 4, in Christ. In verse 5, through Jesus Christ. In in, in verse 6, belonging to His dear Son. Then the whole thing flips to Jesus in verse 7 about how we have been forgiven of our sins because of what Christ has done. This was the way that the, the mysteries re- regarding Christ in, in verse 9, uh, being in 11, being united with Christ all the way through, that even the picture of what the Gospel is in 12 and 13, that It is our trust in Christ that brings this about. It is all and completely about being united with Christ, in Christ, and through Christ that brings about this transformation. It is both the person and work of Jesus Christ that we put our faith and our trust in that brings about this sort of transformation. Later in this letter and throughout the New Testament letters, we're often reminded that it's not about observance of the law. It's not about how, how we can observe God's commands as a way to, to receive his, his, his grace and His mercy. It's about what He has given to us. Verse 13 again, When you heard and when you believed, that brought about the transformation. That brought about the transformation that Jesus brings. We talked about it a little bit in last week in chapter 2, and you can look at that again this week, that the transformation from being dead to being alive, the transformation from being objects of wrath by, by our nature and by our choices, all those have been transformed because of who Jesus is and what He has done. In verses 7 down to, to 12, talk about that sort of transformation chosen in advance again, according to His purpose, reversing the curse of our sin at the fall through the transformation that comes through the Son. This is still really good news. Thought about our efforts. Thought about how holy we can pretend to be. I will say pretend to be. It's not about how self-righteous we might think we are. It is only for the transforming work of Jesus Christ on the cross his death, burial, and resurrection, that we have new life with him. And that's why it's good news. That's why it's the only good news. Is it's through him and because of him. But thirdly, I do want us to look at what we mean by irrefutable or 
even what we mean by secured, because this is the picture we see of the Holy Spirit's involvement in this. I said this was a beautiful picture of the Trinity, and in verses 13 through 14, there's a, a picture of what the Holy Spirit does. There's, there's this identifying you as His own in verse 13. Some of your translations use the word sealed there. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And then in 14, the Spirit is God's guarantee. Some of your translations use the word deposit there. It, it's that reminder that the Spirit is the gift to us that assures us that we have even more and greater spiritual blessings coming. This is God's way of giving us a down payment or, or a deposit to say, all of the spiritual blessings I am giving you, you will receive, and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit as a, as a down payment for that. Am I the only one in this room who's old enough to remember layaway? Some of you are thinking, layaway? What's layaway? You remember layaway? Layaway was how you used to buy things before you used a credit card. Yeah, some of you are starting to think about it. Yeah, there was a section in the back of the store called layaway, and you would pick out the things that you wanted, and you would take them to the back, and they would give you your layaway ticket, and you would make payments until you paid off your layaway balance and once you paid off your layaway balance then you could take those things home with you i know it sounds crazy to a lot of you that people would do that or that stores would have the time to store all your stuff in a back room somewhere waiting for you to come up with the cash to buy it but that's kind of what the whole layaway process was and there was a there was a down payment that was made and there were regular deposits to that was made until you could Purchase it as your own. The picture that we get here of God's gift of the Holy Spirit is one that identifies us of his own. It makes us his. It secures us. It seals us. It's a demonstration of the Spirit's power that we belong to him. He's not, he's not waiting until he can pay it off to make us his own. He's not waiting to make 36 monthly payments to, to make us his own. He has made us his own from the foundation of the world. He has made us his own through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And he demonstrates that in our lives through the spiritual blessings that we receive through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is really good news and I hope you hear it that way. For those of you who are in Christ this morning, who have put your faith and trust in Him, this should be the kind of sentence, even though it's, what is it, you know, like 11 verses long, even the, this kind of sentence should cause us to respond in praise. Because that's exactly what, what Paul's calling them to. Three times in this section, he reminds them that this gospel, this good news, is for the praise and glory of God. And when we hear it read to us, when we read it ourselves, when we think about the transformation, the intentionality, and the security, and the irrefutability that comes to us through this beautiful gospel, it should cause us to, to respond in nothing less than praise and glory to God. It's good news. I was, uh, I, was, I was reminded or I was told about a movie this particular week. It was called A Knight's Tale. 
there's a scene towards the end of this movie. I was able to look it up and kind of watch it. It's a 2001 movie based ever so loosely on Geoffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, The Knight's Tale. So if you would be a Chaucer fan, then that might resonate with you. For me, I, I just watched the movie. Um, but, but it was called A Knight's Tale. And there was a, a, a hero, or there was a man in the movie wh who had knightly character but peasant birth. So he, he acted like a knight, but he was born a peasant. And in this very dramatic scene towards the end of it, he was declared by the son of the king to be noble. And then he was set apart by that nobility and knighted. So even though he had knightly character, he could never be a knight. He could never be a knight because of his peasant birth. But he was declared by the son of the king to be noble and then knighted. And the proclamation of the king's son was said to be beyond contestation. Beyond contestation. Irrefutable. Couldn't question it. Couldn't come up for argument. Couldn't come up for disagreement. Couldn't come up for debate. That the declaration of the king's son that this man was truly noble and therefore a knight was beyond contestation. The transformation by the son of the king could not be refuted. Well, here's the good news. You and I have been declared a part of the royal family. You and I have been declared a part of the royal family even though we were born rebels and we proved it by our attitudes and our actions. By the will of the king, through the son of the king, the good news of the gospel is that through Christ, we have received the intentional, transformational, and irrefutable spiritual blessings of God. I'm going to say that one more time because I want to hear that. By the will of the king, through the son of the king, the good news of the gospel is that through Christ, we have received the intentional, transformational, and irrefutable spiritual blessings of God. Why? For his praise and glory. That's really good news. That's the good news that's available to us through Christ. That's the good news that was the intentional plan of God from the very beginning. That's the good news that you and I received through the Holy Spirit. That we are sealed and secured. And our relationship with God in Christ, sealed by the Spirit, is beyond contestation. You, are a part of, you have been adopted. You are now a part of the family. In Christ you have received all of these eternal spiritual blessings. Not temporary, earthly kind of stuff. Not the sort of blessings where we hope people have a good day. But you and I, through Christ, verse 13, when we have heard the truth, when we have believed in Christ, we have received all of these spiritual blessings. We are now a part of the royal family. 
and it is beyond contestation. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about a couple things this week. Uh, first of all, I, I want you to ask yourself, how are you starting your day? Are you starting your day with good news, bad news, or fake news? Okay, just a, just a question. How are you starting your day? Uh, are you starting your day with good news, bad news, or fake news? I was looking at a, a book this week by Kevin DeYoung called Taking God at His Word. And he said this, we can't trust everything we read on the internet. He might have to edit that now and say anything. But he said, that was an older book when he wrote this. He said, we can't trust everything we read on the internet. We can't trust everything we hear from our professors. We certainly can't trust all the facts given to us by politicians. We can't even trust the fact checkers who check those facts. Statistics can be manipulated. Photographs can be faked. Magazine covers can be airbrushed. Our teachers, our friends, our science, our studies, even our eyes can deceive us. But the word of God is entirely true and always true. And I know I'm a lot like you, right? We, we start our day grabbing some news. Maybe it's your phone or maybe it's the TV or something like that. But I, I want you to think about where are you going first this week to get your news? Are you, going, are you going after good news, bad news, or fake news? And I would encourage you this week to make the conscious decision to begin every day with good news. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of seeing who God is through Scripture. So, so first and foremost, I want to encourage you to, to do that. To begin every day this week with, with good news. Before you go to your phone and before you go to the TV or the laptop or the iPad or all for all that kind of news, begin every day with the good news. That's beyond contestation. Secondly, I want you to do this. Keep looking and listening for Gospels. I pray that you'll see pictures of the good news, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, in stories and in movies and in songs. But even if you don't, even if you walk out of your house one morning and there's a parade through the streets of your neighborhood talking about how good news can be found in the visitation of a goddess of a village in India, I want you to use that as an opportunity for worship and say, thank you, God, that there is one God who is overall the creator of all things, who, again, doesn't live in houses made by humans, who isn't made of wood or stone, but is the sovereign creator of all things. I want you to look for those gospel stories in the songs that you hear, in the shows that you watch, in the books that you read. Listen, continue to look for those gospel stories. How things started, what went wrong? What do we look to to fix it? And where is our ultimate hope? Those are the elements of the gospel we're looking and listening to. Because here's what, here's, here's what I hope is going to happen. Not only are you going to become more committed and understanding of what the gospel is, the gospel, but when you're talking to somebody who is telling you a different gospel, the gospel that they have for their life, where they've put their hope, it provides an opportunity for you to talk about the gospel and the hope that you have for your life. So keep listening to those Gospels. And, and here's, here's the third thing. This is for you overachievers. And you know who you are. This is for you overachievers. I want you to write out your story. I, I don't want, I don't want uh, this, is, this is no more than two pages, right? Maybe even it's a page. But I want you to take time, maybe today, or maybe this week, to really think about 
How is it that God brought about transformation in your life? How did he draw you to himself? What, what were the people and the situations? What were the things that were a part of that? And I want you to start to write that out. And, and maybe for some of you, it's been a while ago. And if it's been a while ago, I still want you to reflect on that. But I also want you to think about this. How has this gospel impacted your life lately? Not just when you, were, when you first came to Christ, whether that was last week or, or 50 years ago, but how has the good news of Jesus impacting your life now? And maybe that's a question like, what was a recent disappointment you experienced? What happened that, that, that really discouraged you and make you sad? And what did you look to to fix it? And where did you place your hope in that? And we'll talk more about that in the next couple weeks. But those are the things. I want you to, I want you to start every day with good news. I want you to continue to listen for gospel stories in, in everything that you see and you hear and you read and you listen to and all those things. And I want you to sit down and reflect on how God has worked in your life and write out, write out your testimony. Write out how God drew you to, to himself. And, and you know, if, if I'm going to make you write them, I'm, I'm probably going to want you to share them. Be- <laughs> Because there's something so valuable and beneficial for all of us when we share those together. We can hear things like, that, that's how God brought, draw, you know, I had a very similar story myself. You know, God used those guys, you know, God used the same kind of people in my life. And there's something that will be so encouraging and edifying when we learn more about these gospel stories in our lives. They'll resonate with us and with one another in ways that we may never thought possible. And that's my prayer for us, that we would continue to focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ by beginning every day with good news, by looking and listening for gospel stories, and reflecting on our own. And remember, like we said last week, be very careful when you start to write out your gospel story. Because if you're the hero of the story, it's not good news. Make sure as we reflect on our story that it's God who is the hero of the story. It's God who is the one who provides spiritual blessings that are intentional, transformational, and irrefutable. He will always be the hero of the good news. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. What a privilege it is to gather in your name and to sit under the authority of your word. What a privilege it is to hear your word and again be reminded of the glorious plan that you have revealed through Christ and guaranteed in the work of the Holy Spirit that we might be adopted into your family, even though that we were dead in our sins and lived as rebels deserving your wrath. God, thank you for the gift of grace you have given us through Christ. And I pray that we would be reminded of what it means to put our faith and trust in you and to look to you only and to not think that we depend on our own effort or our own work. And God, I pray that even as we think about those around us who don't yet know you, you would give us the words and you would give us the opportunity to give the reason for the hope that we have, that we would be people who not only know the good news, but also proclaim this good news 
at all times in all ways. Because God, thank you for in you is only truly good news. In your heavenly name, amen.